Hello, 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 beautiful people. This is Carrie Holmes with a word to encourage you to carry on and a word of encouragement from the other side. You know, a lot of times people may judge us or critique us or have opinions about us. And the crazy thing about it is when you look at their judgment, the perception or opinion of you, sometimes it's just amazing to you realize that they don't really know you. They don't know you at all. Uh, regardless of how much they think they do, you're actually just surprised because you know, wow, this is not me. This is not who I am. This is not what I represent. But you know, I think we take it to heart more than we do the positive things that people think, feel, or see about us. So I want you to send this to someone who you've only caught a glimmer or a glimpse of their light, their positivity, uh, their anointing, and who they are in the world. And I want you to know, even if you don't know me personally. I can release to you that light and that encouragement and that reminder that the glimmer and glimpse of who you are just enough on this side to say, I believe in you, that I have a positive perspective about you, that I believe the best about you is actually a truth that you can draw from the other side of positivity if you choose to. You know, when you think about the people in the Bible who God used in a tremendous way, um, and there's record of so many people in so many different positions, but I'm talking about people like Esther and Daniel and uh, people like Moses, people like Deborah, who in the midst of the, you know, the color and context of where they were in life and what was going on in their particular nation, town, tribe, or with uh, history in that point, it was the truth that God put them in the earth for that really mattered. You know, what people thought about them, what they did because of what they thought about them and how they treated them really wasn't the point. It was not at all, you know, the significant thing. The significant thing was what they were in the earth for. And sometimes I think we lose sight of that because our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram is based on what? Likes, you know, the right kind of photo, the right kind of content. That's what's going to get you what people to watch, people to like you. And that's literally what every platform is set up to do. And we're, we're conditioned to um, present ourselves in a way so that people will like us. And while that's definitely important, Um, one of the things that we understand is there are some situations and some things you have to do if you're Moses going into Pharaoh's, uh, you know, palace and going into Pharaoh's kingdom, telling him to let my people go. Thus saith the Lord, thus saith the, I am that I am is not going to get you light. That's not what that assignment is for. And then of course, the people that he was delivering the, the very elders, when things got hard before they got better. They didn't like him much either. Can you just imagine like Moses' uh, Facebook, you know, post over the course of what, a year, two months? He's like, well, called down some plagues today. And people would just be like putting mad emojis. Nobody would be liking his post of him at the Red Sea because they weren't happy. They weren't content. They were never happy and they were never content with Moses. But he brought them out. He did what God said. And um, he found favor with God. You know, the Bible says that God, Jesus, he grew in favor with God and man. And there were still a set of people who couldn't receive him, wouldn't receive him. Because part of what he was called to do was to disrupt their status quo. That status quo of serving the kingdoms and the armies of men when their hearts were to be turned towards God. And 
their focus was supposed to be on the approval of God rather than the approval of man. Think about Esther. Um, Obviously, in the company of people where you're going to be chosen above them, you're not going to get a lot of likes. You can just imagine her Instagram, you know, tons of pictures of her getting beautified and going through the process of beautification with all the other women. But, you know, um, at that point, how many people did she know? She was, you know, the the niece of, of Mordecai. He was giving her instruction. And uh, we see that picture of the Holy Spirit leading and guiding her into all truth. As we're told the Holy Spirit will do for us, that would be her like her one like, good job. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And maybe a couple from the people in the palace. Um, and of course, the one that counted the most is the, you know, thumbs up, like approval from, from King Ahasuerus. But even, you know, for 30 days, she's like, oh, 30 days, no likes. I mean, really, if that was their focus and their concentration and that was their, you know, way of perceiving life and their way of perceiving their purpose... They would have been lost, but they had a compass. They had a foundation and they had a fulcrum that allowed them to hear directly from God and sense what it was that God had put them in the earth for and what God had seasoned them to do for that season. So you've got to know what your season for. You've got to know what it is that your purpose and your, your destiny is about. And when you get clear about that from God, you don't have to rely on anyone else's approval. Now, this is um, something you've got to balance with good character. You can't just go crazy, you know, doing whatever you want. Be like, well, I know God understands my heart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being in a place of purpose where you're reading your word. You are praying and you are looking and lining up your life with the character of Jesus Christ and walking in a place of truth, regardless of whether or not that garners you approval. And when you're not directed by approval and you're not directed by people's perception and you're not shaped by people's opinion of you and what you are called to do, you know, that, that character and that purpose, you constantly develop and become more like Christ, no matter what's happening around you. You think about Daniel, the, (laughs) the rulers of his time literally plotted, uh, made a national plan against him as one person because of his prayer life, because of his faithfulness. They literally understood. And the word tells you that they, that they actually said that if we're going to find any fault with Daniel, his work is so impeccable. His character is so, um, you know, so high and so deep that if we want to find any fault with him, it's going to have to be in regards to how faithfully he serves as God. I mean, his reputation and his character and his work ethic was so impeccable that that was the only thing that they could find fault with. And they said, we're going to have to plot and plan to even trick him. So again, the likes and and the approval and the perception of who he was, was correct. He was absolutely going to always serve his God and always um, be found worshiping him. And I pray that that is our truth and our reality in this day and time is that people know, um, those that know, name the name of Christ, that we are known as people that will not lie, people that will not cuss somebody out, people that will love the unlovable, people that will look out for the least of these, people who will not connive 
to put ourselves forward in order to put someone else down. People that will look like Christ, love like Christ, talk like Christ. People that will apologize. People that will forgive without an apology. People that will know their worth and stand up for the God that's in them. People that will not allow themselves to be walked all over, but at the same time, people that will humble themselves under the mighty hand of God so that in due time, he can exalt them. I pray that wherever you are today, you can receive this perspective. Because if you can receive the perspective of people who don't really know you and it's negative, maybe you can choose to receive the perspective of someone who doesn't really know you and it's positive. And seeing the light in so many people, we may not be close to them. We may not be, you know, uh, their BFF, but you can tell there's light in the world and there's character and there are worshipers and there are true apostles and true prophets, true and awesome pastors, preachers, evangelists, and those who are doing the work of the ministry. And there's you being beautiful, being a person of high caliber character, a person who wants to look and act and represent and illuminate the life of God in Christ Jesus and be illuminated by the spirit and illuminate the places and uh, that you walk into and the people that you come in contact with. So receive this in a deeper, more tangible way than you've ever received anyone's um, uninformed opinion about you in a negative way. This is a positive podcast to say that you can carry on. I love you and God bless you. This is Reverend Carrie Holmes with a word to encourage you to carry on and to know that the wait is over. It's all up to you. What do I mean by that? A lot of times when we hear this expression, the wait is over, it's W-A-I-T, where we know that we're no longer waiting for whatever it is that we were expecting and now the time has come. But you know, it's the scripture that says that we should put aside every weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, the heaviness, those hard things, those burdens that would easily beset us so that we can run with patience the race that is set before us. And I know if you're anything like me, you want to get to the end and finish, but you also want to finish strong. You don't want to crawl to the finish line. You want to run across it with enough strength to encourage the next runner to go on in their race. So I want to encourage you that it's all up to you as you decide to put aside the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, those heavy burdens. Listen, life is going to happen. Things are going to occur. People may disappoint you. God is always faithful, but how you run is entirely up to you. And that is so empowering when you realize that nothing and no one except for you can decide how you run, how you run this race, how you live your life, how you meet each day. It's up to you whether or not you want to meet it with patience, with perseverance, with passion. 
Now, that doesn't mean that things on the uh, outside don't affect how you feel on the inside. And we recognize when we look at this picture of running a race, just like those who tone and those who train, they've got to get prepared for what is going to occur on the outside. They have to prepare their mindset for the fact that there will be competition that there will be others running when you run in a race. And the Bible uses this analogy to tell us that those who run in a race, they, they do it to win an earthly prize and they run against others. But we are just running to meet the point and the place of our destiny that God has called us to. And, you know, if you're anything like me, you want to get to that finish line with enough strength to left over to encourage the next runner to run their race and have life and vitality to actually meet the needs and and the trials and circumstances in life. Because, you know, a lot of times we, we realize as soon as you come out of one situation, you've got to have enough strength to go into another one. So I just want to encourage you to not allow, do not allow the situations and circumstances that are on the outside to affect how you feel and your strength on the inside. Well, then, of course, the the question is, well, preacher, how exactly am I going to do that? Let me give you these three important keys for internal strength. And it's closely related to the types of training that runners do. Runners practice and practice and practice and practice all the time. You can see some of the best athletes in any arena they will go out in the early morning hours when there's no other runners, there's no other players, or there's no other competition long before the lights come on and the counting and the countdown starts for the actual game. They're out there practicing. I mean, the best of the best. I'm not talking about the average. I'm talking about the best of the best. They practice. How do we practice our mindset? How do we practice our soul set? How do we practice in prayer, in worship. We get our minds ready for the battles, trials, situations, and circumstances that we're about to face. You know, I love that Jesus said in his earthly ministry, I am going away, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you another comforter very much like I am, he says. And this comforter will remind you of my words. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. I mean, the the scripture is so full of, uh, of descriptions, powerful descriptions of help and of wisdom and of resource and revival and resuscitation and restoration when it speaks of the Holy Spirit. The scripture talks about the Holy Spirit as a fire, as a wind. And this is the beautiful picture that we have, understanding when you practice the presence of God, you learn how to keep your inner man connected with the Holy Spirit, regardless of the circumstances that are happening on the outside. And if you'll do this and practice this and practice his presence, practice keeping your mind stayed on Jesus. And sometimes, you know, our minds will just drift to any number of things. Maybe when we're starting to pray, have our devotions with God, or or we're looking to fast and then somehow we get off course. But if you'll practice in the easy times, you will become toned and trained in your spirit for the hard times, for when the trials are going to come. And this is one of the things you can see that the best of the best players do. When no one else is looking, they practice. One of the other things that you see amazing winners do is they train. Now, you might think training and practicing are the same thing, but it's not. You can ask any expert athlete. Practicing 
getting your tools, getting your footing, getting those different um, technical and systematic things in place. But training, that's when you build your strength. And that's where you push yourself just a little bit farther than your normal capacity, your average capacity or that capacity that you've reached. And you begin to strengthen yourself. You strength train, you build muscle, you build stamina. So you not only practice what you're good at, you learn to uh, acquire additional skills. What additional spiritual skills do you have for the next trial and the next circumstance or situation? Listen, the amazing thing is, is even as things get better and you learn how to command your day and walk in the spirit and, and you learn how to order things to come into subjection of the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ, you still need spiritual muscle. You know, I think about how the scripture talks about Daniel. The Bible says that he was so expert and so excellent and skilled in everything that he did that no one could find any fault in him. So what did they do? These jealous ones surrounding him who were just as much leaders as he was decided that they would put an entire entire edict in place for the entire nation, right? Just so that they could entrap him. But the thing about it is, is that as Daniel practiced and as he set in his mind that he was not going to defer from serving his God, he did strength training, strength training. He already made up in his mind before he came into the king's palace that he would not defile himself with anything that the king offered. So it didn't matter how much he received. You know, all of those things that people were striving to get he knew was going to come from God's hand. So as the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added to you. And we see in this picture with Daniel, as he was thrown in the lion's den, it was because he had already trained. He had already trained his mind and his spirit. How did he do that? We see in the very beginning of the book of Daniel, there was a test that he put himself and his friends to by encouraging them to leave him and his friends for 10 days without the king's meat and without all of those things that were sacrificed and defiled. He said, you know, you think that's what we need, but we're gonna train our bodies right? This is above and beyond practice. He says, we're going to train. We're going to go above and beyond. Here's my commitment. My commitment is that I will not do what everyone else is doing. I'm going to train my body, my mindset. I'm going to train myself to be above average. Now he didn't have to do this. There's nowhere in the word of God that it says the Lord commanded him. The Bible says that Daniel said it in his heart. And the awesome and amazing thing about it is that you see time and time again, Daniel was making decisions that pushed him beyond average. So when he got to an above average situation and circumstance that challenged him, that was designed to challenge him, he passed the test with flying colors. And I guarantee you that that is your destiny, your future, and your guarantee if you'll practice and if you'll train. Give yourself an opportunity to pray, to fast a little bit more than you normally would before a trial, a circumstance, or a situation happens. And you will see that when life does come knocking on your door, you will open that door with fearlessness and with faith and reassurance that you have what it takes spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, and in every other way to meet whatever it is face to face, because greater is he that is within you than he 
that is in the world. Now, in addition to practicing and using those skills that you already have and getting them honed and then training to acquire additional skills, maybe your confidence is in worship, maybe your confidence is in singing, maybe your confidence is in studying the word, maybe your confidence is in teaching, maybe your confidence is in, you know, spending time, quality time with the Lord. Maybe that's something that you're, you're consistent and, and that you are constantly able to do without any challenge, right? But when you train, you take it a step beyond. You look for ways that you can become more spiritually strong. So maybe right now your strength is in study, but you may not feel like you have the confidence to teach. This is the time to begin to teach. This is the time to take another step in your spiritual walk and train. Maybe you're very skilled with um, uh, keeping a, 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 a strategic time to pray, but you know that you'd like to fast more. This is the time before life knocks on the door to train yourself to fast. Pick a day, pick half a day, and just begin to train yourself. Whatever those spiritual exercises are that you have add to them, right? Just like the scripture encourages us to add to our faith virtue and then to our virtue, to virtue, add knowledge until we become perfect and entire, lacking nothing. And that is a powerful place to be. Let me encourage you in this. The other is to understand the goal and begin with the end in mind. Every expert race and every expert uh, athlete looks at the finish line because they know that that's where they're going. I've heard uh, amazing runners say uh, that the worst thing you can do when you're looking to win and outpace your competition is to look over or to look back. And it reminds me of how the scripture says that when we compare ourselves to ourselves, we're not wise. But the scripture tells us that we should look unto who? Jesus, who is the author. Check this out. He's the finisher of our faith. He is the one that signs the final signature. We want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and invite us in to enter into the joy of the Lord. But if you keep your eyes on what's happening around you, every time you get into a situation where that thing is reoccurring, even when it's reoccurring in a less degree, your eyes are going to shift to that thing. Maybe you constantly focus on the fact that people are jealous. Maybe you constantly focus on the fact that people are angry. Maybe you constantly focus in your workplace um, that uh, people are competitive. Maybe you constantly focus in your family network that um, people are uh, unkind or whatever the negative thing is, you know? Maybe you're constantly focusing on the fact that you don't have enough. Maybe you're constantly focusing on whatever it is that just kind of keeps, and to you, it just seems natural to concentrate on it because it may be a negative and real thing. You're like, well, I really have to deal with this. How do I deal with it without concentrating on it? Listen, once you handle something in prayer and once you address something the way God has given you to address it, leave it there. Cast your cares upon him, knowing that he cares for you, and leave it in his hands. If you've taken the correct steps that the Holy Spirit has led you to, and that you are and you're looking to live in a Christian life the way that the Holy Spirit has called you to, then you've done your very best. The rest, my, my friends, is up to God. And that's good news because I've never seen him 
lose a case that's truly put in his hands. So I want to encourage you in these things, these things, as we run the race of faith, practice, practice what you are good at, practice being kind, practice praying, practice spending time with the Lord. Don't lose traction and don't lose focus on what you have already gained and the tools that God has already given you. Use them and use them wisely and use them constantly and consistently and then train. Give yourself an assignment, a spiritual assignment to gain new spiritual strength while you can. God will give you the exact means and measure how to do it. But if you have this idea in mind that you're going to grow spiritually, he'll show you how. The next and last thing that I encourage you to do is to keep the end, the goal, and the finish line and the author and finisher of your faith in focus. Keep your eyes on him. Train your attention to give priority to Jesus, what he's doing, what his Holy Spirit is saying, how he's leading, and the beauty of his presence. And that way, when the storms and the trials begin to arise, you'll be practiced and trained and skilled at keeping your eyes on Jesus. And that, my friends, is how you win the race. This is the reason why I wanted to encourage you to carry on and to remind you that the wait is over. When you do these three things, you release yourself from the burden of trials and circumstances and situations that may arise, and you find it easy to soar, to walk and not faint, to run and not be weary, to walk and not faint, and to rise up on wings as eagles. All the weight is over but it's up to you it's up to you and it's up to what you focus on it's up to you and what you're going to pay attention to it's up to you what you're going to practice what are you going to say what are you going to do it is entirely up to you how you finish your race and sometimes our races are in uh, small increments sometimes it's just the race of the day it's the race of this one out it's the race of this particular situation and I thank God for that because as life continues in the long journey we have short periods of time the scripture tells us in Lamentations that his mercies are new every morning so every hour in every day is a new beginning Every afternoon is a new beginning, an afternoon you've never seen before. It's an opportunity to run that race. And whatever increments you need to take this race in, know that God is with you and run with wisdom. If you need to take it day by day, take it day by day. Win it day by day. If you need to win hour by hour, win hour by hour. Sometimes you got to practice winning minute by minute. And you and I are equipped by the Holy Spirit to be winners every day, every minute, every second that we live and that we move and breathe. We live, move and breathe and have our being in him. And he is the one that causes us to be more than conquerors in Christ Jesus through the one who loved us. All right, beloved, I pray that this encouraging word has encouraged your spirit to set aside the weight, to focus, practice the presence of God to train and gain new spiritual skills in this race that we run and to keep your eyes on the finish line. Please remember that you can carry on, share this podcast with anyone that you know that can be encouraged by it. 
and continue to run your race knowing that you can carry on.